This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to episode five. Oh, five episode. Oh, I'll start that again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eighty-five of the Stacey West podcast. I am your host Ben, and as ever, Gary is joining me from his lovely sun house. How are you doing, mate? Yes, I am indeed living the dream. I'm laid uh, in the bar, which I've been boarding out all day, and fees inside working. It's such a nice day. I thought, sod it. I'll open the double doors and sit in here. So I don't know what the sound quality is like. Frankly, I'm not that bothered. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, I can hear you, so that's always a bonus. Can you hear this? Just hear that creaking. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's your bones or your arse or Oh, it's the sun lounger, Ben. I'm literally <laughs> laid here in just my shorts. I'm even giving my cheese and chive trotters an airing. <laughs> Oh, dear. When you did, uh, just as a quick aside, when you did your um, the, the Facebook Live last night, um, Rach turned to me and she went, have you and Gary got a uniform or something? Because we were both wearing the same retro shirt. <laughs> Do you know, it's the only one that I've got that's downstairs. I wore it for, I think it was the last quiz, and I only put it on for an hour. I never wear football shirts around the house or out and about now. If I'm not going to a game, I don't wear a football shirt. And um, I put it on for that Facebook Live because it was to hand. I've put it on for... Uh, the lockdown quiz final, and I think the pointless quiz. And then today I had to go to the post office this morning uh, and I knew that the postmaster, Simon, is a Grimsby fan, so I grabbed it because it was to hand and wore it to the post office this morning. <laughs> nice one. Oh, man. But, I mean, you know, we might as well we might as well just sort of jump straight into, into the big news of the week, um, which is the retained list. It's the only news of the week, and it? it's the only reason we're actually recording, really. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a little bit of news about the ticketing, but we'll, oh, we'll yeah. mention that at the end. But it's it's not that important. But the important stuff, as I say, is the uh, is the retained list. And when when I found the retained list, um, had been published last night. I uh, I sent a text to Gary and I said, "Are you aware that the podcast is basically going to be an hour of me crying?" Um, 
because yeah unfortunately i mean it sort of inevitably to be honest um pretty much every player aside from ellis chapman that uh, is out of contract has left the club uh, Corrections are set to leave the club at this time sorry yes when they when their contract expires um at the end of june or the end of the season if it is prolonged um by mutual agreement it says so um yeah, yeah it sounds like there's going to be uh uh, a bit of a, uh, a bit of an exodus, and it's it's not entirely due to the decision on. Uh, Sorry, there's a stunt plane going over outside. I'm just going to say, it's it's such a noise. I'm watching it. It's, just, it's a little training plane from uh, the local airfield. It's going over. Sorry about that, Ben. We put you off. <laughs> that can either be an outtake or you can just leave it in. But it's one of the perils think, of, of me. I think I think we'll leave that in as a. I mean, the thing is. I, I live down the road from RAF Waddington and I very rarely have planes interrupt this podcast. We get it all the time because we're on a flight path from um, Coningsby. So when they scramble the jets and the jets fly north, the first thing that the jets do is fly over us. Um, so regularly uh, during the day and night, we do get the, the jets coming over. But it's coming back around again. Honestly, <laughs> do you know what? They've got a knack. It's like my neighbour. He always knows when we're eating outside because he gets the power tools out. <laughs> oh, anyway, dear. where were we? Yeah, I mean, we were just basically saying um, it's it's a weird one because it's it's not a reflection on the uh, player's ability at this point, is it? You know, it, it's seemingly like it's going to be more to do with the. Um, uh, the, the financial situation than anything else, which, I mean, it's 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 heartbreaking to see because you said it on Twitter yesterday that, you know, Michael Appleton's had so many difficult instances where he's gone into a management job and he's, you know, found the short end of the stick financially or, or from whatever angle it's been. And then he's finally come here. He's had an amazing spell at Oxford. He's, he's come to the Imps and it's like, he's now like, starting to build his team and goes right this is what I w- oh we've got to stop because there is no money anywhere because nothing's coming in um i mean lots of people have said that they're angry about this or that they're upset or they're annoyed it's like i'm i'm gutted like i am absolutely gutted that you know michael boswick neil early are going to be leaving but I, it's understandable given the, the financial situation so um we'll we'll just run through the players who will be uh under contract because I think that's the shorter list at this point. Uh, we've got Jordan Adamo Smith, Harry Anderson, Kean Bolger, Alex Bradley, Ben Coker, Teo Eden, Zach Albazetti, George Grant, Tom Hopper, Aaron Lewis, Max Melbourne, Jack Payne, and Anthony Scully. So, uh, yeah, huge areas of the of the team. I mean, that's a thirteen man squad at this point. Huge areas of the of the squad that are going to need to be sorted. Um, I mean, what was your initial initial reaction to to seeing the names on the uh, on the, the list of players that would be leaving at the end of the season? It's not even names, plural. It's name. I expected uh, possibly everybody who was on the list to be on the list by Michael Boswick, and obviously we'll, we'll come around to the individual things in in a moment. I think first of all, you've t- touched there on players under contract for next season. Um, and it points to me still a lot of work to do because on that list we know Jack Payne and Ben Coker had been more or less frozen out, told that they, you know, they weren't playing. Um, Kim Bolger was in and out of the side 
with uh, Jordan out on loan, Alex Bradley out on loan. You know, you look down that list of players, and really, George Grant stands out, and Harry Anderson. I mean, Bolger, perhaps for some, as, as first team players, Tom Hopper was, but he hadn't really convinced. Um, mm. But look, you know, the, the decision isn't a football one. We're not sat here talking about um, players that have been cast aside for any reason other than financial, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, I can I, I see I got a got the heads up um, from Liam about 40 odd minutes beforehand. The retained list's coming out. And usually what would happen is that if there was some news, Liam might call and just say, this is the news that's going to be released. But he basically said the retained list's coming out and that was it. Uh, I messaged him back and said, I shall wait with bated breath. Uh, and then the email arrived and I opened it up while I was on a dog walk. Uh, and I just kind of, I, I was only looking for one name. Uh, pure and simple there was only one name I just expected to see players in court talks for next season Michael Boswick I was all I expected to see what we must not forget of course is Boswick's 32 going on 33 um, and perhaps isn't the ball playing centre-back that Michael Appleton wants but I still think that he would have been retained had um, had everything been as it was uh, at the on March the 12th so to speak yeah, I don't think I think the retained list would have looked almost identical bar that. And I know some people are talking about Josh Vickers and Neil Erdley. Um, certainly in the case of Neil Erdley, we're talking about, you know, legend gets banded about quite a bit. And But in in, eight, in three, four, five years' time, we'll talk about Neil Erdley just as favourably as we talk about Mark Bailey. Yes, 100%. Uh, and it does feel, you know, I did that article yesterday on 15 years ago and the, the breaking up of the Keith era, and this is just the final knockings of the Danny era. It's, you know, it's been accelerated almost undoubtedly by the COVID situation. Um, but I don't think that Bar Bozzi, maybe Neil Erdley, maybe Josh Vickers, I don't think the retained list would have looked any different um, outside of those players. I mean, let's face it, you're talking about a retained list of, what, uh, 10 or 11 players? Mm-hmm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, let me have a look. Yes. 13 that are under contract. No, uh, yeah, sorry. So, I mean, heading out. So, Oh, sorry, yeah. One, yeah. Two, three, four, yeah, 11 players are out and then... Players going. Charlie uh, Andrew, one, won't miss. Lee Frecklington will come on to, but in terms of squad right now, won't miss. Akeem Hines, no. McComb, no. Shackle, no. Sheehan, no. Smith, no. Talking seven players there that probably weren't going to get a kick. Mm. Yeah, I mean... It- the I think the the, the the likes of Akeem Hines, I think he was uh, he was obviously brought in for cover, um, and the, the ones that the, the ones that kind of stand out to me, aside from the obvious, there are uh, Alan Sheehan because we I think he was brought in as that sort of the backup for the you know for the, for the guys at the back, and I think they probably he probably had more in more in the tank than what he was well, what was shown because what was shown was a bit. Um, a bit iffy at times, shall we say? Um, but then, obviously, you've got the, the, the players that are returning to the parent clubs. So you've got Liam Bridcook, Connor Coventry, Eoma, Jake Hesketh, you know Tyrese and Joe Morrell. Um, I think the thing that, that probably galls a little bit is that you're not going to have that moment where uh, you provide, well, you know, presuming that the season is is curtailed, you're not going to have that moment of saying goodbye to a player that you know is heading out. You know, it's not going to be. You're not going to have that moment with you know like Toff at the um, at the end of the game where he, he applauded the fans, or when you have that you know you've got that that sort of bond between the fan and the player. And I think Joe Morrell 
in particular, I think it's he's going to be uh, it's it's a tough one for that uh, for, to take for that one. But do you ever really? Get, I mean, yeah. Get, do you ever really get that? Did anybody really say goodbye to Shane McCartan last year when he left? Or, I mean, not, no. no I mean, like, you, you have. What about Alan Power and Terry Hawkridge? And do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm just I'm just not so sure. The only player. I mean, what? what more in terms of players that you know that, that you've got on loan or that you know are going somewhere. Like I think the thing is, we knew that. I think everyone knew at this point that Toff was going at, that during you know when he started to walk around the pitch. At that point, I was in denial. But um, and then you've got uh, like you know when when Raggett left, he was basically told by Danny, you know, off you go, give everyone that round of applause because you they know you've got that deal. So you know, giving me giving you goodbye. And I think that would have been nice from a sentimental point of view, but obviously from a footballing point of view, it's, yeah. You probably it's the only two examples from the last five years where that's happened. Yes, I know, which is why I picked them. <laughs> you, you probably did manage that. You know. I don't, yeah, I, I think we would probably have said goodbye to Joe Morrell by presenting him with a Player of the Year trophy. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, again... Social media allows us to do it now. I mean, obviously, Tom Pat and Josh Vickers have both been on social media today sort of saying thanks for the good times, et cetera, et cetera. I, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if one player or one or two players on that list, when things are a little bit clearer, are chatting with the club again. It really wouldn't yes. surprise me. I just think at the moment they can't keep players hanging on if there are other deals. And it's, yeah, everybody's letting players go. Everybody's letting players go. I mean, you look at Bradford. I think Bradford let everybody go, bar um, keeper Richard O'Donnell. You know, we've let everybody go. Everybody who's out of contract. Um, But you know, I don't. I I, I don't think we've got the core of a team anymore. But I don't think. I think there'll be a lot of teams in our situation, and there'll be a lot of teams who have got players on a two, three year deal who are going to be earning money next season. That is a hell of a lot more than the mm. sort of money that clubs can afford to pay. So we've been relatively lucky in that respect. Yeah, no, absolutely. The other, um, <laughs> I mean, there is one thing that's um, that's sort of played into our favour on um, on this one, and it's that, we, you know, I mentioned Toff there, that the fact that we got a fee for Toff when we did and the fact that he would have been out of contract in the summer and he would have been in this, you know, we would have been in this situation and he would have gone, because, like you say, it, these aren't footballing decisions. You know, these are these are purely financial decisions. If they were footballing decisions, like you said, there would be at least one fewer name on that list of players that is is leaving the club. Um, I think the fact that we've managed to get a fee for a player that was out of contract in the summer that was, you know, if rumours to believe was was substantial, then I think we've done extremely well there um, in terms of a business move. Uh, you know, and again, not necessarily, not necessarily football related. But you were talking about um, tough again. You need to let tough, it, yeah. you need to let it go, mate. No, I'm just saying that. That's was, why I'm that saying was, it. That was six months ago, and you need <laughs> to let it go. You really do. This is a retained list that Toffolo's not on because we sold him. It's. I know that deep down there was a little bit of you that was Elton John about him. Do you know what I mean? You had a, an eye for the late, for the lad. And the, <laughs> You did. I know you had a crush. I get it. I, I understand it. Toff was a nice. No, no, you need no. To let it go. My crush is, but my crush has gone this week. It's, you know, he's 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 preparing to leave as it currently stands. That's that's where my man crush is. We'll see. We'll see in six months if you're still going on about Toff or not. 
Honestly, no, I'm, well, still, I, mentioned, I bet you in January no, no, no. you a pod and you'll be like, oh, I remember when Toff went and he did that walk around the pit. <laughs> ben, let it go, man. Bollocks, Gary. Um, if you listen to this, I'm going to get him a life-size cardboard cutout of Harry Toffolo with a little recording of Toff saying, Ben, you're great, that he can press the button around the house. And somebody make- mentioned somebody mentioned on social media that in hindsight that was a great bit of business. Was it you? You know what? It was not me, you cheeky swipe. Cheeky sub. Anyway, I mean, there's, I don't really know where we can, you know, what else we can pick up on on this because it's a lot of people are saying that, you know, like I said, that they're annoyed that it's the, um, it, it seems like it's a footballing decision and it's 100% not. You know, Clive came out and basically said, uh, you know, the, the, the due to the unprecedented situation we find ourselves in, it's, it's, you can't make these positive decisions they said around out of contract players. So, I mean, what, what more is there to say? On it, to yes. Yeah. hundred percent at this time. It was in the press release. The press release actually said due to the unprecedented situation we find ourselves in, it's made making any positive decisions around the out of contract players impossible at this time. I think, yes. I think we'll touch on a couple of people. Um, I think we'll touch first of all on Tom Pett. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, we've all got, not carried away, but it's easy to look at the early Vickers and Boswick, who were probably first team players right up to the end, and think, yeah, no, what are we going to do now? And for me, it was Boswick. I think with early quality delivery, beginning to get done a little bit on pace, um, Aaron Lewis wait, waiting in the wings. So I can see a progression there. I think with yes. Vickers, dare I say this, and I might get shot down, keep us a two a penny. Um, and, you know, you can pick up a decent keeper who's 38 or do you all season. You look at Matt Jilks. You know, I know Jilks is obviously at Fleetwood now, but we took Jilks when he was on a downward trajectory. And I personally think he's probably been the best shot stopper that we've had um, at the club what, since Alan Marriott, maybe even maybe even further back. So, mm. you know, without being harsh to the keepers, they're, you know, they're not... This is going to sound really bad. Many keepers out there, I'm sorry, but goalkeepers aren't footballers, are they? Footballers are the outfield players. Your goalkeepers are a completely different breed. You're probably better suited to being a goalkeeper if you play netball at school than we're an outfield player playing football. So I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to leave that to hang in the air and listen to you dig your hole on that one, Gary. <laughs> no, they're not. I, th- I think uh, you know, keeping is a specialist. I know what you mean, but yeah. The market for keepers, there's one place in a first team for a goalkeeper. And, you know, you don't, there's nothing you can do tactically. You can't switch it up. And it's good to have a central defender who can play central midfield and right back. You know, it's no good if you've got a keeper that can also play central defence, is it? It's not going to happen. Um, yeah. So I think when, it, when you, you can be, you can look at those players that have gone and kind of get sidetracked. I'd like to mention, Tom, personally, again, not being harsh, personally, I don't think Tom Pett was first team quality this season. Um, I know he was injured, but I don't think Tom Pett on his best day is a top 10 League One player. I know we didn't finish top 10 League One, but that's where we aspire to. I don't think Tom Pett is. I think the next deal that Tom Pett gets won't be with a team that's going to be looking at finishing top 10 in League One. I think Mm -hmm. he's a very good League Two player. I think he Mm -hmm. proved that last season. Uh, for the first four or five months of the season, thought he was absolutely outstanding. Somebody's going to get a great deal with him. Um, and a, a really nice bloke. I mean, I know we talk about 
And when I say we, I mean you. Uh, I know we talk about Toff, but Tom Peck, um, in terms of personality, um, was very, very similar to Toff. He's kind of uh, quite quietly spoken, very or uh, very community orientated. Um, I spoke to him on uh, several occasions for the program, and the last time, for five or ten minutes after the interview, we were talking about. Uh, I think he was doing a, a dissertation on mental health in football and how injury affects players and stuff. So he's a clever guy. Uh, mm. And whatever he chooses to do after football, he will be a big success at. But um, mm. I think in terms of, you know, we've got to recognise the key role that he played in putting us in the playoffs in the first year with the goal against Yeovil. Um, so, he was very good then for six months of last season. Arguably, have we seen six or seven months of Tom Pett in the year and a half or two year two? Two years, two and a half years he's been with the club. Half, one, two, two and a half years. And we've probably yeah. probably seen six six or seven decent months. Uh, mm. And then we flick over to Lee Frecklington. Uh, and I'm a little, I'm, I'm disappointed here um, because mm. I wanted to see Lee Frecklington uh, become a coach with the club. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to see him become eventually manager of the club. I don't know if that's something he wants to go into. I don't know if he's any good at it, but it's a it's a football manager style story, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. I re- I had this 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 feeling that you know that's what was going to happen when he came back. That's what that's where I thought we were when he came back. Um, mm. Let's then not overlook how pivotal he was in putting us in the playoffs. You know, he came mm-hmm. and scored on his debut against Notts County. I think he scored a screamer, didn't he? Was it against Grimsby when we beat them 3-1? Uh, I think that, yeah, sorry, yeah. The, I mean, the, the goal against Grimsby and the goal against County were both phenomenal strikes. Yeah. I mean, the, the one against County was that side foot one, wasn't yeah. it? There was the penalty. You know, it took a lot of balls to come off the bench and take the penalty against Chelsea's kids to put us up to Wembley. You know, he came, obviously, led, led Lincoln out, was, was there at Wembley, which was a childhood dream. Then last year, he was a key part of that title winning side, even though the injury at Port Vale kind of didn't end his season, but ended how effective he was for us that season. Um, doesn't surprise me. I think he's been struggling a little bit with injuries again. I mean, I know he's been fit for a few months now. But again... You know, if there's a League Two side out there looking for an experienced midfielder that will play 60, 60% of their games, yeah. um, then Lee Frecklington would be a great a great pick. But again, like Tom, really nice bloke, fantastic bloke to talk to off the field. Um, mm-hmm. The two of them, perhaps, and we don't know the ins and outs of it, we don't know exactly what went on, but the two of them will perhaps seem to have been frozen out since January. Rumours of them turning down moves, um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, but there we go. Best of luck to both of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's in terms of um, in terms of Pet, he's, he's been he's well, he's, he's been brilliant um, on social media. He's been uh, I've, I've spoken to him quite a bit actually because he needed his PC fixing. <laughs> so I've been I've been sorting out bits on his PC <laughs> recently. Um, but um, yeah, he's like you say both. Lovely guys. Um, I can't, you know, you can't fault anything that they've really done. To be fair, um, you know, away from away from the pitch. I know Lee got involved with the um, a couple of the, the community groups and and trying to, you know, bring those to the fore a bit more. And he, he was he was what you want a club captain to be. 
Um, and to be honest, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I was expecting him to come back and then coaching management and and all the rest of it alongside um, alongside well coming back. And it was it, it's sad to see that not happen. Unfortunately, um, I mean maybe one day we'll we'll sort of hear the ins and outs of it, but um, at the moment it's it's undoubtedly probably going to be quite raw for for anyone on that side. So, um, I mean obviously the ones that we're not surprised about. <laughs> I think Jason Shackle's probably going to come as a surprise to everybody, right? Well, McCoon is um, a big one for me. I didn't even realise he was was still a player. Was yeah. contracted still as a player? That was a big question at the beginning of the season. Is Jamie still contracted as a player? I think, to be honest, there's actually two bigger surprises on the retained list, on the actual players that are staying at the club. Uh, I'm going to guess you're going to say Ben Coker. Yeah. And Jack Payne? No. No. Uh, oh. The thing is, Jack Payne is on a two-and-a-half-year deal or whatever. So, at the end of the day, he's not yeah. going to be let go. Um, ben Coker, everybody thought, had signed a one-year deal. Um, it's not like he's triggered it with appearances, is it? Um, <laughs> but I hope that he gets a chance. Because I still yes. think there's a League One quality left back in there somewhere. I don't think he's played football for an awful long while. Um, I get the impression that he would be a good person to have around the group from the type of player that he is and the type of person that he is, but I don't know if he's Michael Appleton's type of person because he comes yeah. across as a bit of a jack the lad And, you know, it, this isn't the case, but sometimes you think that managers from a certain area prefer players that are more like them. So, like, yeah. when we, you know, Danny was signing lots of players from down south, you could walk into the bar after a game and it sounded like you were in South End or something it was all like it was really like oh, I'm off for a bath mate and all that sort of thing and then you've got Michael who you know I know he signed the likes of Teo and Anthony Scully so it's probably not a case at all but I would just imagine him liking players like Danny Rowe a little bit more the no-nonsense kind of like all right sorted in it kind of um, <laughs> player um but I don't know I, I like Ben Coker um I've only I've not seen him play an awful lot, so I'm not basing that on anything I've seen in Lincoln shirt. But you know, we've got plenty of fullbacks. Max Melbourne and Teo Eden spring to mind as well, don't they? So yeah, it'll be interesting. And then Alex Bradley, yeah, Alex Bradley is a massive unknown quantity, and everybody mm. will look down that list and they'll completely forget who Alex Bradley even was. He had glowing mm. reports from Harrogate. Now that means nothing in terms of being ready for League One. Oh, yeah, he did brilliantly against the likes of Chorley. Well done. Yeah, he might not against Sunderland. But at the same time, he's played this level with Burton Albion. He's come through a top-class academy. And I think Michael will be looking forward to getting his hands on Alex Bradley because let's not forget what Michael Appleton is first and foremost. He's a coach. Mm. He's an excellent coach. He, yeah, he's. If you think of the art world, he's the guy that paints the picture, not the, not the one that sticks it on the gallery wall and tries to sell it for a grand. I mean, he's he's the guy that creates the masterpiece, and I, yeah. I'm looking forward to him looking working with some of those young players. Um, so yeah, yeah, Alex Bradley's an interesting one. Yeah, um, I, I think he was one that I I had assumed was was under contract for two years anyway. But yeah, the, the, the big the big surprise, as you say, for me is, is Ben Coker. Um, he actually he, he uses the fields near my house to to train, and apparently a few people have been down and had a socially distanced chat with him and he seems like a really nice lad. So I hope it works out. I really do hope it works out because he's, you know, he had a nightmare with injury at South End, as, as I'm sure people are aware. Um, 
I don't know if we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but there's a series that's on the BBC Sport website. Um, I think it's Ben Coker coming back or something like that. It's well worth watching because it's a really good insight into um, into players' mentality and everything when they get injured and when they've got to come back from something that could potentially be career-ending. So, um, yeah, seeing that and not having any empathy is uh, is something that I can't really imagine and I hope it does work out for him and I hope he, you know, he gets his shot. Um, right. Anything else in terms of the retained list that we uh, that we need to have a chat about? Let me have a quick look. Zach Elbizedi, let's hope we see a little bit more from him because I think he's had a tough first six months. But then so did Tom Peck when he first signed. But, you know, we heard a lot about Zach, yeah. what he could do, and we didn't see it. I, I just hope that one or two of the senior pros on there um, rise to the occasion should they be required. Uh, Jack Payne, I think, has still got a lot more to show this football club if he can force his way into Michael's re- uh, mind. Yeah, a lot yep. depends on money, and it might be that the players that we are left with um, are going to have to form the, the spine of a side uh, because yeah. there's not going to be an awful lot of money kicking about. You know, I think Liam's openly discussed you know a deficit of nine hundred thousand. Which, yeah, where does that come from? It comes out of the playing budget. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think. You know, to everybody who's kind of saying, I wouldn't have made that decision. You're looking at an end decision and going, I wouldn't have done that without considering the, the, the factors that are the on the inside of it. And I know that the football club, you know, the primary aim of the football club is to survive, is to survive yeah. uh, and then thrive once we've survived this time. You know, just because no clubs have gone to the wall at the moment, just because administrators haven't been called in at some clubs right now, don't think that that'll be the case in two months' time because there's you know there's a deep threat that it will be, uh, and it, yeah. it may not be one of us. Not many other teams have announced their retain list. When they do, there will be a lot of shocks, and it will be a buyer's market. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. That, I think that that was the that was the thing that I think people are probably. You, you say earlier about you know that you you can sort of hopefully see maybe the likes of Bozzy and Erdley coming back when the situation's a bit clearer. I think that's going to be the decision because you you have people that say, "Oh, well, how do you know they wanted to stay at the club?" It's like, it's not about them wanting to stay at the club. It's about the club not physically being able to give them the money because you wouldn't you wouldn't sign up to a you know a, a contract if you didn't know where your money was going to come from to pay for that contract for the the next year or two. Um, I had a chat last night with, um, let's say, a a member of the staff who um, basically said that, that Bozzy and Erdley were both great blokes. They understand the situation. I get the impression that they both wanted to stay. Um, and, I, you know, I think that I think they've been, they've had to handle this in a certain way as well. Uh, yeah. I think they're the two, I know we've mentioned Josh Vickers, I think they're the two that may have been offered a new deal had the situation not come in. I don't think anyone else. I don't think the club are making excuses either when we're talking about the finances. I don't think that they're trying to say that five or six on that list would have stayed because they wouldn't. It's simple. Um, you know. I mean, the thing is, if you're if you're looking at let's, I'm, I'm sort of plucking numbers out of the air here, but let's say two grand a week is is a figure that would probably be applicable to some of these players. If you're sat there looking at you know two grand a week. That's what one hundred and four grand a year. If you've suddenly got to find an extra one hundred and four thousand pounds a year, and then you've got 
11 players that are possibly looking at contracts or wanting to get contracts of around that amount of money, that's going to be, what, £2 million a year that you've got to find from somewhere? That's good. And when they're going to, you know, as well, two and a 2.2. Let's, let's say that. But, uh, you know, you've got, you've got to find £2 million from somewhere. And if you're not, if your business isn't, producing what your business can currently produce which is entertainment and football for you know nine thousand people every week which which would then in turn give you the extra revenue that you need when when that's not happening you you can't generate the revenue that's needed to provide these players with with the money and that's that's what i think people aren't quite getting the heads around with with some of the people that are mouthing off and saying well it's ridiculous but very I mean, few, for, for... very few clubs if any will be in a position to offer the wages that they were paying for the same players last year so let's assume michael Bosswick was on two grand a week i don't know there will not be football clubs available uh, football clubs in a position right now to offer two grand a week and those that do have learned no lessons whatsoever and will be setting them up for a fall my worry is that the ones that will thrive will be the ones that and not being run as football clubs anyway, like Forest Green and Salford, the ones where the yeah. be, where the the owners and I, I'm going to talk. I'm going to say Forest Green more than Salford because listening to Gary Neville's comments, I think he has a, a better understanding of lower league football than Vince. Okay, so picking up there from the uh, power cut, um, I was talking about. I think what worries me is teams like Forest Green and uh, Dale Vince, who cash rich, who have overinflated prices anyway could be sat there now thinking, well, we're going to have an advantage over teams that are well-run because I can, he can dip into his pockets and, and keep paying the wages the players want and, and make Forest Green a more attractive proposition than anywhere else. That's my worry, that football will learn a lesson that individual clubs will not. And then the, you know, the, um, the cancer of, of, of overspending will continue to spread and we'll just start yeah. all over again. Um, but... Who knows? I think there's got to be, I mean, whether reform's planned or not, you know, I've been talking this week about an article that I'm doing on my, my potential blueprint for football and some of the things that I think need changing. And, um, you know, one of those is is, is very much the, the salary cap that's being proposed, which I mm. think would be a very good move. But, you know, the EFL drag their heels. If I was as slow as the EFL uh, at making decisions, I, I'd, I'd still be working at, Howdens now because they're, they're just terrible at making decisions so you know. well i mean we've we've had the we've had the note today saying that it's going to be what till the 8th of june yeah. now before we make a decision so like, what I, I can't i i don't know i can't begin to imagine like i've said before i don't want to be the one that makes the decisions i can't can't imagine having that amount of pressure but at the same time you have to make that decision yeah you know you, you need to say right we had a deadline of a few weeks ago. That's gone on. We've had a bunch of players that are going to be released from contracts. So, come on, let's try and figure it out. Let's try and get this sorted. And they've just pushed back and back and back that day. But, oh, I don't know, it's crazy. Um, okay, right, The other, I think the other bit of news uh, that we were going to briefly discuss was about Eventbrite, wasn't it? You wanted to discuss that, yeah. Well, you know, it, it's news. I know people have had a whinge about Eventbrite in the past. Um, so basically, Eventbrite uh, are no longer the exclusive ticketing partner um, as of the 2nd of June 2020. So 
It sounds like there are going to be, uh, what is it, the club will continue to use the Eventbrite platform for events and some non-match day related activity with our new ticketing partner being announced in due course. So basically this is saying that Eventbrite aren't going to be dealing with match day tickets anymore. Um, I think the, the I, I think me and you have said we've never really had a problem with Eventbrite. No. But obviously the, the big issue has been for some people the uh, the booking fees. I know the booking fees are on a per ticket basis rather than a per transaction basis, um, which I think is normal in the sort of online event ticketing world. I'm trying to think of gig tickets and stuff like that. Um, you have to pay a per ticket fee for that, which is, I mean, it's ridiculous. Ticketing fees are stupid at this point, but yeah, it sounds like they've they've got the you know they've got a new partner in the wings and uh, I don't know like I I just hope it continues to to do you know the, the things that the club need it to do. I think I don't know what solutions other clubs are using at the moment because I've not really had to. But um, yeah, um, I, as I said, I've not had a problem with Eventbrite. I know you've said you really haven't. Um, but I know some people have, so there'll be some people that are really happy with this decision. There'll be some people that are not that fussed about it. So I can't say too much because I know about the new ticketing partner because I've been involved a little bit in that um, in testing. I think the biggest bugbear on Eventbrite, from personal point of view, was you know if you were booking for a group, you know I remember booking for Everton yes. and I had to book for my dad and my mate Dave and somebody else. I can't remember who, and it's like you know they all sent me their ticket numbers. And yeah, they yeah. could have booked it themselves. I don't, you know, as, as you say, gig tickets. I don't really know. I don't remember the last time I booked an online gig ticket. I was meant to be at Guns N' Roses tonight, um, but obviously I'm not going. But I didn't book that. I used to go to Way Ahead Box Office in the Waterside, and they used to get my gig tickets from there. Yeah. Used to be like I, a travel agent. I, I love that place. Yeah. Like, I remember going there once um, for there was a wrestling event that was coming to Sheffield. And there was like a queue of people stood outside the waterside before the barriers went up. And then as soon as the barriers went up, this guy just went right and just legged it, like roll, like commando rolled under the barrier, ran down the escalator and uh, went outside there. Was it Andy's music it was next to? Yeah, Andy's records. Yeah, that was it, Andy's records. Yeah. See, I never liked Andy's records as much. That was always my third point of call. I'd go Sonic Sounds first, then I'd mosey on down to our price. Uh, and have a look in there. And then uh, Andy's was always the final choice. And I seem to think one of the last times I went in Andy's, it must still have been there 2005 or six. So I remember buying the street, the first Streets album. I went in with a lad called Craig Seward, who was a good friend of mine at the time from Jackson's. And we went in Andy's records. I just said, Craig, tell me something that's cool that I should buy. Because he was like, he was a cool bloke. <laughs> he was, honestly. Craig was like, I don't know, everybody liked him. He was laid back. He was cool as fuck. And he, he was like, he was always one step ahead of everything else. And he was like, oh, this is really good at the minute, The Streets. And it was, what's the first one? Original Pirate Material. Yes. What an album that is. And as soon as that that dropped, and then they did, uh, that, they broke a little bit, didn't they? Or he did, Mike Skinner, I think it was. And he did yeah. a, a Grand Don't Come For Free, which was a decent album. But by then he was looking for the hits, you know, fit the, but you know it was a bit... Cheesy. Yeah. But there was some great, great tracks on uh, on original pirate material, which is the one mm. that um ten years older. I can't think what the song is. There's a song towards the end, it's absolute class. Class, mm. class, class. 
Yeah, I, I, I just remember the way ahead because of that uh, that one event. And we got uh, the tickets we got were so good. They were actually, you know, the ramp that the wrestlers come down when they, you know, they make their entrances and that. Yeah, we were sat, we were sat on basically on the ramp. So if you look at, I can't remember what event it was. Now it was Rebellion. I think it was Rebellion, like two thousand. I think it was from Sheffield. Okay. Um, if you look at it, you can see my like eleven. Uh, no, what hour would it have been? 2001 but my 14 or 15 year old face just being really chubby and like going oh my god it's the rock um yeah that was a that was a weird a weird time <sighs> anyway i'm sure people want to hear me you know stories about me going to wrestling events just as much as anything else about so. as much as they want to hear me talking about gaming but they'll be able to this week on rob make pieces show Oh, he's got you in, has he? Yes. Yeah. I know, scraping the barrel way now. <laughs> well, what sort of gaming do they talk about? Because I only really know Grand Theft Auto. Well, I think he said, like, um, he, he said, I think he said about people just talking about their experiences and, you know, the games that they've been playing. Um, he had me on a few weeks ago talking about uh, talking about stuff on, you know, games to play for free and things like that. Because um, there was a bunch of free games on at the time. Uh, GTA Five was free last week if you had a PC. Yeah, I know, because um, he killed all the bloody servers. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a day and a half to download it, and I've got 350 meg internet. Wow. Because the Epic servers just went, no, screw this, and shut themselves down, basically. Um, but yeah, thank you for thank you for not bringing up the obvious uh, other time I've been on Radio Link. I'm waiting for the other, any other business. It's in the back of my mind. Don't worry, we're going to talk <laughs> about it. Go on then. You're the one that's brought it up. So obviously I went on Radio Lincolnshire and I flunked their sports quiz. I think I came away with five points or six points or something like that, um, which I thought was absolutely terrible. I know nothing about other sports and I got a football question wrong. And obviously you went on and I was petrified that you were going to get more than me, but it turns out you're worse than I am. Yeah, I got two and a half. And what the did, only reason I got the half. Yeah, what did you get the half I, for? I, um, it, the question was um, which two players missed penalties for Chelsea against Man United in the uh, Champions League final? John Terry. Uh, yeah, I thought it was Terry and Lampard, but it was Terry and Nicholas and Elka. Wouldn't have got that. No. Like, listen back to my questions. I think I had a really, really tough round with the exception of one question that I really should have got right. What was that? Um, who were the winners of the League Two playoffs last season? Uh, Trammer. Yes, they were, and I my mind went completely blank. I was so annoyed with myself. Ben, you run a, you run a podcast based around a League Two team. No, I don't. I run a podcast based around a League One team. Not at the time. <laughs> and anyway, Tranmere are a League One team now. You run a podcast that literally transitioned from League Two to League One at the same time. I know. That's why I was. So All right, annoyed. put your balls away, Jesus! <laughs> what you just That's done? I was so annoyed. <laughs> I was so good with myself. I, like, other questions that I had were like, um, what there was one that was about like what um, what has I think flags and oh, I can't remember the, the the question was the answer was downhill slalom skiing uh, canoeing like slalom canoeing. I'm like, yeah, of course I know that one. But was, I had how many players on a volleyball team, and what's the most amount of people that can be on a cricket pitch at any one time? Don't know. What if there's a pitch invasion? <laughs> Uh, most amount of players that can be on a cricket pitch at one time is most about people. Most about people. Uh, I don't know the answer. There's no point in saying it now because I, yeah, I don't know. 
I didn't know the answer. The only one I got wrong that I shouldn't have was which legendary manager would have turned however old it was that week. And I said Bobby Robson, but it was Clough. And I, I'm gutted because I, I really like Brian Clough. I even do a Brian Clough impression. or a, Sorry, I do an impression of Mark Crossley doing an impression of Brian Clough. <laughs> oh, so if you don't do your impression of Michael Sheen doing Michael Clough? Doing Michael Clough? Who's Michael Clough? Sorry, Nigel Clough. No, who's not Nigel Clough either, is it? It's Brian Clough. Nigel's his son. It's very hot in this room. Jesus Christ, there's no wonder you only scored two and a half, is that? I would have taken yeah. that half off you. <laughs> that's because you're a dick. Yes, um, it is. Anyway, I think that's probably a good spot to wrap it up. Um, but yeah, uh, it I is because I've just got sun cream in my eye. I've just scratched my eye and forgot I'd put sun cream on and now I've got sun cream in my eye. <laughs> Um, just a quick one as well. Uh, we did have a we did have a notification last week um, saying that we've been selected for an advertising campaign. So, um, there will be an ad in the middle of the podcast. I know I said that we try and avoid that if we could, but it's one of those that is, you know, it's it, it's an ad that we've been you know selected for, and it's not it's not that offensive. We'll always review them beforehand, but you know we'll we'll try not to put adverts in the middle of this podcast for like I don't know magic blue pills or whatever but uh yeah we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that they're appropriate to our audience um cool anything else you need to talk about or shall we disappear uh thank you to everybody who uh, gave to my neighbor's sponsored uh campaign um obviously uh there was quite a few people who gave very kindly i think including your good self um yep. so he's still open and i i ran a mile which for three days afterwards I, I suffered for uh, one of those days, I think, being today. So, um, no, thank you to everybody for that. He's, I think, raised £1,200 for the NHS. But no, no local media would pick it up. He emailed uh, everybody, Louth Leader, Links Live, Lincolnshire Reporter, um, and not one local media picked it up. And I know that people are furloughed, but... Um, bit of a shame, but no, the Stacey West uh, uh, and blog podcast, whatever, did pick it up and certainly helped fire him on. So I know that if he wasn't at this minute soaring something in his garden, which I can hear, um, he would say <laughs> thank you himself. There we go. Um, cool. So yeah, that's that's probably going to be a, a good spot to wrap it up. We will hopefully hopefully have some news on the uh, commencement or non commencement of the season next week. At which point we'll try and do a pod. I guess. I'll have a pool um, table next week as well. I've had a text message while we've been online. I was hoping to see it today, but it's now coming Sunday. So okay. you may you may have to look for a new podcast host. <laughs> or I'll get you on I'll get you like a Britney headset so you can podcast while you're playing pool. Well, but you wouldn't be as noisy as podcasting while somebody was doing stunts in the air over my <laughs> garden. No, that's uh, fair. So. That's fair. All right, then, guys, we will uh, see you hopefully next week, if not uh, whenever we can get a podcast together. All right, see you later. Cheers. Bye. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. 
With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.